Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? It's two weeks in a row you've done this to me. You realize what? that, right? It's what did the I same, do? It's the same time this week that we recorded last week. Oh, yeah. But you're not in Idaho, though. It's yeah, it's 7 a.m. here, but you're not in Idaho. You're actually on the... I'm on Eastern time this week. Yeah. 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 I'm in West Virginia yeah, so. this week, but it's the same time. My body is telling me Amy did it to you again. So sorry. I have things that I've got to do this. You're a busy yeah, lady. It's just a, yeah. So I, I'm really excited for you because you're going to get to have Raising Cane's today. I am. Yes. Yeah, so we're in that sort of college visit season of life and so we're doing a little uh, appointment and tour at east carolina university there is a raising canes on campus but it is the only raising canes in the entire state of north carolina and all of you people all my friends keep talking about how great this place is and i've never had it and i'm gonna have it today for lunch well i'm excited for you so i'm actually like you mentioned i'm in pittsburgh um, and been at the West Virginia Baptist Convention in the last couple of days, headed back to Nashville today. So uh, we're recording early so we can get it out because we've got full days. We're traveling all over the place, and uh, it's it's fun, but it's it makes for a busy day. Yeah. So, oh, I got one more thing, Amy. Uh, molasses cookies. Yeah. That's the Tell that's me. the flavor of the month at Sweet Thirty One. Thank you. Just, Thank just throwing you. that out there. You're going to be driving right that direction. You realize that. I mean, kind of, sort of. You're right. You're right. I actually am. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, you can swing by. They have also a um, some kind of pumpkin cinnamon roll. Some pumpkin oh, spice cinnamon roll. Oh, that sounds pretty good. It does sound pretty good. So, anyway. All right. That, that's enough of that. So, we'll, we, could, we could sit here and talk about the menu at Sweet 31 Baking Company all day there in, you know, just Lizard Lake and Hangar Right. Remember? So I remember. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, before we get into this week's news, and uh, we do want to thank our sponsor each and every week here on the podcast, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. The ministry landscape is changing faster than ever, and ministers of every calling need versatile training for today's church and marketplace. And so in partnership with Dallas Baptist University, Southwestern Seminary is now enrolling students in their new MDiv and MBA program. With a biblically faithful foundation, hands-on ministry experience, and contemporary business training, this is a program for tomorrow's pastors, missionaries, entrepreneurs, and lay leaders. To learn more, visit swbts.edu slash mdivmba. That's mdivmba after Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's website, swbts.edu. All right. Well, appreciate those guys being on board. Uh, saw a couple of them in the last couple of weeks because of our travels with around state conventions. Probably we'll run into some more in the next couple of weeks. I uh, got a couple more state conventions to go, Amy. Headed to, headed, actually, your way. Headed to North Carolina next week. Yeah, Greensboro next week. I, That's I right. think I will probably see you there. All right. Well, that sounds good. We'll have to maybe snap a picture or something while we're there. So uh, it's exciting. But, Amy, let's jump into it. It's the first of the month. You know what that means. CP. That's right. $16.7 million. Uh, actually, more than $16.7 million given in October to start the 
fiscal year, the grand total was $16,755,627.47. Don't forget the 47 cents. This is 4.42% more than last year's giving in the same month and 5.83% more than the budgeted amount for the month. And uh, that's a great way to start the budget year in the Southern Baptist Convention. Excellent. There was a lot of math in that very early on Friday morning, but good news. Just trust the math, Amy. Trust the math. There you go. We did last year $5.4 million above budget for the year, starting off again strong this year. So this is really good news. Excellent. Very good news, especially as we move into the end of the year and as we hit state conventions, state conventions thinking about what they're uh, what they're doing and moving into the Christmas season with Lottie Moon and, and all of that on people's minds, it's just great to see support for the cooperative program standing strong. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Up to Kentucky, Amy, some kind of some sad news here. Georgetown College has fired their president after sexual assault allegations against uh, President William A. Jones. Yeah. So this is uh, th- this was a tough one. It came on October 31st. They learned of allegations of a sexual assault of a female college employee inappropriate behavior with another female college employee and then some other conduct that they just said violated the employment agreement. Um, They immediately began investigating the allegations and then they've gotten outside counsel to continue that. But uh, whatever information they had, it was enough to immediately terminate um, him. And then the investigation is ongoing just to kind of continue uh, to continue getting to the bottom of everything. Rosemary Allen is the college's, she was the college's provost. She will be the acting president. So uh, I believe that this president had been there for just a couple of years, not not, in 2019. Yeah. Not, not really long. Uh, Georgetown college was founded by Kentucky Baptists in 1829, long time ago. Um, But things kind of, started to change in the relationship with the KBC about 15, 16 years ago. And then 2013 was when that uh, there there's no more relationship as of then. So there's no official connection between the Kentucky Baptist Convention and Georgetown College, but there is a historical connection. And so we may have some listeners who graduated from there or, you know, have connections, still some history there and definitely a difficult piece of news. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on this story. And if uh, there's any more details or any other discussion about it, uh, we'll bring it to you here on the podcast. But uh, some sad news out of Kentucky this week. Also out of Tennessee this week, where a former marketing and operations director at the Lifeway Credit Union uh, has been charged with embezzling more than $242,000 over the past five years. Uh, a variety of methods used to do this, but uh, just uh, the, all the details of that are in the story at Baptist Press. We won't get into the, the details of those, but Monica Jackson was arrested and uh, charged with embezzlement. I uh, do want to remind folks that the Lifeway Credit Union, many of you may not know that Lifeway has a credit union. Um, it is not like officially part of Lifeway. It is a service provided to Lifeway employees, other employees in the area, uh, but not an actual part of Lifeway. So this wasn't embezzlement from Lifeway. So just want to make that clear. Right. Lifeway has not had embezzlement issues. She was never an actual Lifeway employee, but right. she was a, it was an employee for the credit union, which is a total right. separate thing. 
Right. So that was a credit union that was established in the human resources division at the Baptist Sunday School Board in 1954, but it operates as a separate entity, has separate financial, separate leadership, but obviously is there for Lifeway employees. So there's some connection, uh, but it's not it's not an entity of Lifeway. Yeah, just, yeah, you're just right. think of it as like your regular credit union you see down the street, just with Lifeway's branding and them as kind of a, a major member of the the, right. the employees as major members of the credit union. Right. So uh, kind of that that's kind of what it is. But forty seven million dollars yes. in assets and twenty five hundred members, the credit union is is pretty strong, but right. it's not Lifeway. Just want to be clear yeah. there. Yeah. But a difficult story nonetheless, and yeah. if there are any updates, we'll we'll certainly yep. bring them. Yes, absolutely. All right, Amy, to the states we go. We start, uh, we talked a little bit about this one last week. We start in Missouri. Yeah, so Missouri Baptist met in your favorite town in Missouri, Man, Branson. I, I'm kind of I'm upset. John Nelson, where's the invite, bro? I mean, friend of the pod, he knows my love for Branson. I know, get you there to Branson, yeah. I mean, so, man. but speak, but speaking of John Nelson, I want to give a shout out because I watched some of the streaming. I really yeah. enjoy the fact that we can watch these state conventions, and man, he's an excellent moderator. I mean, he is really, really good. Well, I mean, so, listen to the podcast; you you become a good moderator. He, it, you know, oh, you, totally you, it rubs you're, off on him. I'm, you're you know. going to take responsibility for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, no, he did. He was doing a phenomenal job leading that room. And I, I was very, very impressed. So I, I what I did catch, you know, was was pretty cool. Um, obviously, we talked about some of the things last week. They were part of the story where several states were considering sexual abuse task forces. And so we discussed that in Missouri, that that had come to the floor. It did not ultimately pass. Other things that happened, though, for our recap, um, they did have officers reelected. So John Nelson was reelected. And so we'll get to see him up there another year. He's the pastor of Soma Community Church in Jefferson City. First Vice President Chris Williams from Fellowship Church in Greenwood. Second Vice President uh, Lane Harrison. He's uh, from Life Point Church in Ozark and recording secretary Jason Marlin from First Baptist Church, Kirksville. They also approved uh, their spending plan. So that's uh, based on a $15 million cooperative program budget. It stays the same uh, as it was in, in 2021. 35% is allocated for uh, Missouri Baptist Missions and Ministries, 22% for Missouri Baptist Entities, 38% of CP funds are forwarded to the SBC for national and international missions and ministry. And then they've got some uh, shared expenses as well. So, uh, so this is the same. There's no increase in anything. They also received a report from their racial reconciliation task force. And that report uh, encouraged greater education, um, mutual prayer, pursuit of authentic relationships and kingdom partnerships. They also recommended that Missouri Baptists develop training opportunities and educational events to foster racial reconciliation and publish a Missouri Baptist historical narrative about the struggle toward biblical racial reconciliation. So um, I, w- I would be very interested to, to read yeah. that um, if, they, if they publish that, especially because when you are looking at um, American history, 
Missouri in particular, uh, during the civil war and stuff has a very, very interesting history, uh, just because of location and, and the, the makeup of the people. So I would be very interested to read that. Yeah. So yeah, I read, uh, Grant's biography, you know, being from Missouri, there's a lot of information about that, uh, in his bio. So just about how different Missourians. Yeah. Um, and I did, that. I did a book. Yeah. I did a book review a few years ago of a, a history book about churches and race in Missouri. And, uh, it, it's a definitely just, just very, very different because, um, because of the way the state process things then. So. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations to Missouri on a massive meeting, though. We, we, did, we forget, forgot to mention this at the top. 1,194 messengers, 267 guests. A massive meeting in Branson. That's a lot. I mean, who doesn't love to go to Branson, Amy? I've never been, but okay. well, I'm just telling you. I'm sure it would be great. It would be. All right. Up to the Utah-Idaho Southern Baptist Convention. They gathered at Central Valley Baptist Church just outside of Boise, Idaho in Meridian. I was there last week. Uh, we did the podcast from there last week. You can go back and listen to me at five in the morning last week uh, from Boise, Idaho. But it was a great meeting. I, I really enjoyed it and uh, had a good crowd there last week. Had almost a hundred messengers from the churches of Utah, Idaho uh, show up for it. And um, they passed a budget of just under $900,000. The budget is $895,116 in cooperative program giving. And that is all from the Utah-Idaho Southern Baptist Convention churches, uh, like Dakotas, like Minnesota-Wisconsin, like Indiana, like West Virginia, where I am now. Their budget for the year is all self-sustaining. So a lot of our conventions are getting to that point where they are self-sustaining, but doing everything you know within the state. So pretty exciting there. Of the almost $900,000, 30% will be moved on to national and international cooperative program missions and ministries. And Jared Jenkins, the teaching and executive pastor at Risen Life Church in Salt Lake City and good friend of the pod, he was elected president. Roger Naylor, senior pastor of First Baptist in Bonners Ferry, was elected vice president. Dave Carver, Jr., pastor at Water's Edge Fellowship in Burley, Idaho, was elected second vice president. Timothy O'Day, pastor at Christ Fellowship in Lehigh, Utah, was elected recording secretary. So they approved a couple of uh, resolutions, one addressing abortion and the other uh, appreciate an appreciation for the host church. Uh, again, good meeting, and uh, I really enjoyed my time up there. It was, it was short-lived, a lot shorter than I wanted it to be, but, but I had to get back to Nashville early. Uh, but really, really enjoyed my time out there with Rob Lee and everybody at the Utah-Idaho Southern Baptist Convention. Very cool. All right, and on a... Much earlier time. Yes. Frame. Yes. Much, yeah. much earlier time frame. All right. Yeah. So speaking of the West. Yeah. Speaking of the West, California, Amy. All right. So California, that's another one that we talked about last week with their uh, task force motion, but we do have some other, uh, some other information. They met at Clovis Hills Community Church and approved a 2022 budget of $6,717,620. That includes a cooperative program objective of $6 million, And of that, 35% is designated for national SBC missions and ministries that is unchanged from 2021. Um, of course, the big, the, the big discussion was what we had talked about last week, the um, the motion to form a task force to look into the handling of sexual abuse within the state convention um, that was 
ultimately uh, approved. And so it's uh, the, that the new president appoint a committee to look into the issue of sexual abuse in the California Southern Baptist Convention and report back to the convention in 2022. So that's an ongoing conversation. Because the 2020 annual meeting had been canceled, the officers elected in 2019 served an additional year. So of course you handed me California. Yep. Victor. I've been waiting for it. Chayasarizabon. Chayasarizabon. You were close. I, yeah, I got there. From First Southern Baptist Church in Anaheim, he was elected president, the first Asian American to serve in that role. Sam Gray, uh, pastor of Prosperity Avenue Baptist Church in Tulare, was elected vice president. And Eric Shoemaker, pastor of worship at Laurel Ridge Church in Oakley as the music director, not to be confused with Eric Shoemaker, who is in Iowa. A good Who's also a music guy in Iowa. Yeah. That's correct. He's written several hymns. So uh, kind of fascinating. I don't, I, I don't know that his role at the church where he's at is, is worship. It may be some, but he, he has written several hymns. Eric has Eric from Iowa, but this is Eric from California. And they had a total of 315 messengers registered along with 87 guests. All right, Jonathan, take us to Mississippi. Yes, in Mississippi, Amy, 698 messengers met at First Baptist Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, that, that sanctuary is so gorgeous. There's a picture in the story of the sanctuary. It's it's just spectacular, by the way. And they approved a budget just north of $30 million, $30,231,786, which is a 6% increase over the 2021 budget. Uh, and calls for 39% to be forwarded on to the National and International Cooperative Program Ministries, up from 38% in 2019. So they're bumped up their CP giving that they passed on. They elected new officers. Lloyd Sweat, pastor of Meadowood Church in Amory, Mississippi, uh, was elected president. Scott Thomas II, pastor of North Oxford Church, was elected first vice president. Whit Lewis, pastor of Longview Church in Hernando, Elected second vice president, recording secretary Michael Weeks, who's the pastor at Pleasant Hill and Olive Branch, was reelected without opposition, as was associate recording secretary Terry Barnes, who's the associate at North Greenwood Church in Greenwood, Mississippi. Uh, we mentioned that uh, last week on the, sh- on the episode that a sex abuse task force motion had not passed at the annual meeting. They, they failed to pass that, but they ad- did adopt uh, some resolutions, one welcoming Sean Parker as the new executive director. You remember he had come in right before COVID-19 and like got there in March That's of 2020. Right. And I, I met him for the first time in, in Tucson at the state convention execs meeting in February of 2020. He comes on officially in March and the world shuts down. So yeah. like had, had this is the first time he's been able to kind of be at a meeting of Mississippi Baptist. So uh, they they kind of welcomed him officially uh, for the first time because again hadn't really been able to meet yet, uh, but uh, they uh, welcomed him. So uh, good meeting in Mississippi. Bunch of our friends Adam Greenway, Jamie Dew spoke at the meeting. So uh, I know they had a good time there at First Baptist Jackson for the meeting of the Mississippi Baptists. There you go. All right, some news from around the seminaries, uh, Amy. Just some quick hits here, Midwestern has announced a new endowed chair of church history, the Lee and Tammy Roberson Chair of Church History. So congratulations to them. They are business owners in the oil and gas industry in New Mexico and uh, members at Taylor Memorial Baptist Church. 
formerly pastored by Andrew Abair, good friend of the pod. And, uh, they have given, uh, to Midwestern to endow this chair for church history. It's, it's the only the second endowed faculty chair in Midwestern seminaries history. That's so, exciting. Uh, really cool news out of Kansas City down to New Orleans, Amy. Some, uh, a good event at New Orleans. Yeah. They had a, uh, a discussion for a panel addressing sex trafficking and it included, um, Kay Bennett, a sin relief missionary and executive director of the Baptist Friendship House, Kendall Wools, Baptist Friendship House director, Ryan Rice, who is a sin city missionary and a pastor of Connect Church there, and Craig Garrett, associate professor of counseling. And Jamie Dew actually moderated the panel. And this was right after um, an incident where U.S. Marshals had recovered eight children and arrested 18 sex offenders in an operation in the New Orleans area. So it was something very close to home and a way for the seminary to kind of discuss the issue with students because this is happening right there in their city. So uh, the Baptist Friendship House is right at the edge of the French Quarter, and it serves women and children who are in transition um, after uh, after something like that. So it's uh, it, it's something that I think the, the students there really need equipping for and the community. And so they jumped right into the, the situation and said, let's talk about this. Yeah, you can watch that online over at the New Orleans website. They did stream that. So uh, that was part of one of their chapel meetings, I believe. So a really cool event there at New Orleans. And then finally, over at Southeastern, Benjamin Merkel, friend of the pod, was installed to the M.O. Owens Jr. Chair of New Testament Studies. That's right. That's a lot. That's that's a lot to put on a business card name. It, it, it is. It is. It's a pretty, pretty big title there. So the M.O. Owens chair has been around for a long time, named after an um, incredible pastor in North Carolina and uh, Baptist historians, especially those who study the conservative resurgence era, era would know his name because of a lot of work he did uh, before 1979 to try to call attention to some of the uh, needs and, and things that, that Southern Baptists should be vigilant to. So very respected and lived for a very long time until like 104 or something like that. I can't remember. And was still came and preached at the chapel sermon here at Southeastern when he was 99 years old, I think. Uh, but that chair has been around for a while. David Allen Black sat in it for a long time until he retired. Uh, and so not to be confused with David Allen Coe or Michael Ian Black. That's correct. Yes. So when he retired, when Dr. Black retired, yes, uh, that opened up that the chair. And so Ben Markle was installed in it. So congratulations to him. All right. So final piece of news next Wednesday, the executive committee will meet again uh, via Zoom. So another special meeting of the SBC executive committee will be held on November the 10th, 10 a.m. Central. So 11 P or 11 a.m. Eastern, you can do the math for wherever you are. Uh, but at 10 o'clock on Nashville time, uh, that will take place next week. And that is in response to the requested meeting by one third of the members. Uh, they had requested that back on, I believe, October 13th. So it is within that 30 day window. So that will be the meeting to address the concerns and questions brought forth by some of the members. And I think there's a couple other items of business. So, um, they'll, have all that squared away and not sure on whether that will be live streamed or not waiting on a final agenda and final uh, topics. Some of those things like personnel issues, those are standard, you know, executive session type things. So we'll, we'll do what we can when we know what's going on more with that uh, in the early part of next week. But uh, one more update, Ricardo Avila, a trustee from Georgia resigned over the weekend, bringing the total number of trustees down to 69. So that's a uh, 17 total 
uh, that have left since June, uh, 16 since the meetings in September. So um, just a, a couple of housekeeping notes there. And that's going to do it for our news and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1951 to an item in Baptist Press that was a big celebration. But as I know from local history, was not a celebration in my hometown or not my hometown in my current town. We'll say it this way, where I live now. So not Cheatham County, but Wake County. That's that's correct. That's correct. So uh, the celebration in Baptist Press was official groundbreaking ceremonies for the new Wake Forest College campus in Winston-Salem. And I did not know this, but speakers for the occasion included, and this is just said very casually in the story, President Harry S. Truman. Whoa. He was at the groundbreaking in Winston-Salem. That's pretty incredible. Well, he had just left president, right? Like, Yeah, but yes. No, 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 no. He was still president at 51. I didn't come in until 52. 52. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, And then also the lieutenant governor of North Carolina at the time, the president of the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina and the president of Wake Forest College. They so they had a groundbreaking in Winston-Salem, said funds were in hand for the chapel building, which would be the first of the new buildings to be uh, built on the, the 320 acres. Now it's very weird. It's really surreal to go to Wake Forest campus and to look at the chapel. It's in this beautiful lawn. The the campus is gorgeous. But when I stand in the lawn and look at the chapel uh, at Wake Forest College, it is an exact, like it, it, it's the same architecturally as the chapel here at South. So they just went like 200 miles to the west and just dropped the right. new one down. They built they built the same thing. So it's it's really strange to be on this kind of large, you know, campus and then you walk out on this lawn and it's different, but then you stand there and you look at it and you're like, uh, this is this looks like home. Like this yeah. is the same building. It's, They're stealing. It's very weird. There's Yeah, like- yeah. So, um I mean the rest of the campus obviously it's laid out differently and stuff, but the chapel which I believe is called um Wake Chapel there is is very different. So, uh but if you if you study Wake Forest town history, you know, it was a devastating thing when the college moved. It wasn't like everyone knew, oh, it's, you know, the seminary here's going to bring things. You know, this was it it was going to take this young you know, vibrant community away. Uh, businesses were going to struggle after that. They had, you know, an incredible downtown that was catering to the college community. And then when the college was leaving, it was going to change the town. And there's stories about people lining the streets uh, right out here down from where my house is as like the moving vans left town and folks crying because it was changing the town forever. So we have a very, um, celebratory piece in uh, Baptist press, but not everyone was celebrating this. Uh, However, when I saw it, I found it very interesting, especially the fact that president Truman was there. And so, uh, yeah, so lots of great, lots of great things have happened since then. Obviously Wake Forest has done very well as an educational institution, but their move to Winston Salem certainly made a a place for what is my home now. And uh, it all in one sense kind of started uh, at least talking about it this week in SBC history. So what was the reason for the move? Was it just, they were landlocked and needed more space. So they just, you know, like Bob Ursaid the thing and just picked up and moved in the middle of the night. I'm just going to be, well, they did. That's a legend. Like that has been a, 
a rumor that they picked up and moved in the middle of the night, but they really didn't. There was actually even a season where the seminary and the college sort of shared some space together while the buildings, and obviously they didn't move in the middle of the night. They're breaking ground in Baptist press. Um, But if I can just simplify it, I mean, this is much more complicated than this, but um, Big Tobacco really wanted a university or they wanted a college in their city and they uh, gave a whole lot of money and said, we'll pay for the whole thing if you'll come here. Wow. And so, so they did Bobber say the thing. Just took it, the money yeah, and run. So, so you did, do you I, get it, that it, reference, by the way? Say it again. Bob Ursay? No. Baltimore Colts moving to oh, Indianapolis. Okay. Now, th- it's much, it, it, there's a lot more layers to it than what I just said. So I'm all the historians. But you out like there, really simplified it. Distilled it down that, to the that, That's how I would break it down. Yes. So um, So basically, big money people came in and said, hey, we want a college over here. We'll give you a bunch of money to come. And they went, okay. Something like that. Yes. All right. It's a beautiful campus. It really is. So, well, so is Southeastern. I mean. It is. It really is. And, a, and for those of I you guess who haven't Wake been. Wake Forest is the, the most beautiful campus tobacco could buy. Yeah, there you go. So two little things. One, um, if you come to Wake Forest, for those of you who haven't visited Southeastern, one of the coolest things uh, to me is that when you walk into Staley, which is our uh, administrative building here, the the WFC is still on the floor for Wake Forest College in the rotunda. So that's kind of a neat little history piece. And uh, there are some seals. We had one in the communications office, really big seals for Wake Forest College. Also a very popular t-shirt around town. Um, in some of the stores is uh, Wake Forest, where the college used to be. And so if you go to the locker at Southeastern, you can get shirts. This was one of my small contributions in my tenure at Southeastern was uh, you can get some mugs or shirts that say uh, Wake Forest, North Carolina, still a college town. That's so, great. Love that. Love yeah. that. All right. It's still a college town. So is Greenville, North Carolina, Amy. Yes. Where I'm headed today. Yes. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Okay. It's a book that I haven't gotten a chance to read yet, but I have ordered. And um, I did it because there's a new, kind of a newfound interest uh, in a topic that I didn't have a ton of history on. Um, and the the book came out about four years ago, but it was a movie I just saw that got my got my interest. It's called PTL, The Rise and Fall of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker's Evangelical Empire. So I ordered this after going to see the movie, um, The Eyes of Tammy Faye with Jessica Chastain. And um, I did not have a ton of experience uh, as a, my, my family as a child didn't, you know, watch the televangelist and not, you know, connected in the, that was kind of in the Pentecostal yeah. uh, wing. Good Church of Christ of people, you didn't watch that. No. But obviously, certainly aware because it was, I mean, everyone was was talking about the uh, televangelist scandals of, of the time. But there is a lot of sort of re, re-engaging Tammy Faye's sort of role in the story. And I have, I have found that quite interesting. So um, if anyone has seen the movie, I think the movie is actually available now on streaming. At least you can buy it streaming. I don't know if you can rent it yet, but um, if anyone's seen the movie or has been interested, uh, Christianity Today did a podcast episode about uh, Tammy Faye Baker and just how, um, how people are considering her now, how historians are considering her now. And uh, so this is a good book to sort of add to the mix, and I'm looking forward to reading it. Well, you mentioned the televangelist in the 80s. I was growing up in Baton Rouge, which was Mm -hmm. ground zero for Jimmy Swaggart. 
Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So that was that was something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I one thing I'm really now that I have kind of been looking more into the bakers. Next time I'm in the Charlotte area, I really want to go over to where PTL was because you can still apparently see there are still like it's kind of like when you go to Opry Mills and there's uh-huh. like pieces of Opryland USA there um, that uh, not as many anymore. There there were more before the flood. Yeah, in the 2010. flood kind of wiped them yeah. out. Yeah, but apparently there are still like several things from Heritage USA that some of it are like some actual buildings, but that are still there. But then sometimes it's like, there's the bridge that went over to the water park, which is now a subdivision. And so you can like, <laughs> you know, it's all these houses. And you're like, I don't have like a ghost right roller coaster there. there, do they? I don't think so. No, no. but they do okay. have some, some sort of ghost things, uh, bridges and things cool. like that. So, uh, so now I'm sort of intrigued as somebody mm-hmm. who never went, as a child, I'm sort of intrigued to go check it out when I'm in the in the area. Yeah. Can't go to Opryland anymore. No, can't. All right. My resource of the week is the resources from Voice of the Martyrs for the International Day of Prayer for Persecuted Christians. That's the Sunday, Amy. November the 7th is the International Day of Prayer for Persecuted Christians. And the Voice of the Martyrs, uh, good friends of ours, have put out some information on that, some prayer guides, some bulletin inserts, things like that. So if you want to, you know, pray for persecuted Christians and the persecuted church this weekend, go over to persecution.com slash IDOP. So that's International Day of Prayer over at the Voice of the Martyrs website, and you can get all the information. They have a downloadable free digital resource kit. So you can grab that real quick. There's some videos as well. You can show on Sunday mornings if you want to do that, uh, as well as a lot of other things. So tips and ideas for your church. Like I mentioned, the prayer guide, the church inserts, the bulletin inserts, promotional videos. Um, so there's a lot there for you to check out and, and pray for the persecuted church. Uh, we did a video with Nick Ripken. Many of you know that name and know his story. Um, this week at Baptist Press. So uh, Brandon Porter had an interview with him. That's over at BP. You can check that out as well. So International Day of Prayer Resources for the Persecuted Church. So Persecuted Church Prayer Movement this weekend and uh, be a part of that if you can. And uh, just kind of remember that as uh, we're going through our you know motions here in uh, the United States and North America and pray for our missionaries across the world uh, even those uh, in what we, I think, would call relatively safe countries, but especially for those in persecuted areas uh, for their safety as well as for their work. Very cool. All right. All right, Amy. So it's been a good week again. I've been out and about with state conventions. Uh, again, thank you, Mason Ballard, as well as Eric Ramsey for all the hospitality here in West Virginia. Uh, got to see Cleve Persinger, good friend of the pod as well, and uh, hang out with uh, Ed Litton. He was preaching. Got to Mark Clifton and I got to have dinner the other night. First time we've been around each other for a couple of years, actually. Uh, I think we haven't seen each other since about 2019. So that was pretty cool to be able to, to catch up with Mark. And for those of you who don't know Mark, uh, we need to get him back on the pod and, and give an update. We had him on early on. Uh, three or four years ago and uh, just uh, was blown away by Mark and just seen him and everything that he's been able to do. Now they have started, uh, you know, he's doing the replant and revitalization stuff over at NAM, but they've also added rural ministry to kind of that suite that he does. 
and uh, to talk about rural churches and how best to resource them. So that may be something we need to get Mark in here and talk about on the podcast. It'd be good to hear from him and then all the rural ministry that goes on in the SBC and uh, be exciting to see that. So, But uh did get to, to have dinner with him the other night as well as Ed Litton and Josh Wester. So uh, good friends of the pod as well. Uh, always good to see them and see our SBC president and be around. It's uh, it's been a good week. Enjoyed my time right. here in West Virginia, even even with the deer that uh that lost to the car last night. Yeah, to your so, rental car. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I'm got sorry a, got to a couple of phone calls that are going to be uh, a little difficult today. <laughs> yeah. Have like, fun with nothing that. Much I, nothing much I can do about that. You know, yes. I just call Lynn so, and just say, "Hey, I don't know. I mean, yeah. So what am more- I supposed to do?" So more state conventions coming up next week, and uh, Keith will be up in um, Virginia for the SBCV annual meeting, and then North Carolina will be happening next week as well. We'll see you here in Greensboro, and so it's always fun uh, hearing about state conventions, and I've traveled to some in the past. Keith and I both have to various ones, but it's always fun to get to be uh, in your home state. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that next week and uh, we will, uh, we'll actually, we'll see you next week. Excellent. Excellent. That's right. So Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week.